Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys today? I am so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're joining us on live stream. My message today is give up or reach up. Um, I'm going to be sharing from Matthew 14 today and the experience the disciples and Peter had on the lake. There are probably a few of you that are feeling like you're on a boat in a storm, terrified with life. I'm hoping today that I can help someone reach out to Jesus. There's always hope. So I want to start today and ask, how many can say, I've never made a mistake in my life? <laughs> or I, I never say the wrong thing? Yeah, if you're being honest, you know that answer to the question. When you do make mistakes or say something wrong, you probably experience feelings of regret, or think, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that. Why? Why did I do that? Well, what do you do when you realize you've made a mistake? How can you change your heart? In Matthew 14, it shares the story of Jesus walking on the water. You have a choice when you find yourself in a problem. Peter is a great example of how to walk through storms in your life. And I want to share three options that you have when going through a storm. Number one is give up and drown. Number two is focus on the problem and get bitter. And number three is grab the Lord's hand and become stronger. Let's read Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly after dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if that's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The disciples were all afraid, but Peter asked Jesus if he could join them, and Jesus tells them, come on, and Peter gets out of the boat. He begins to walk on water and then realizes what he was doing, or he looks down and sees the raging water and becomes afraid and starts sinking. At this point, he cries out to Jesus, which we all need to do when we get in situations we don't know how to handle. Cry out to Jesus. And Jesus immediately takes his hand 
and walks with him to the boat. My gut feeling is this one was one of those days he learned a life lesson on following Jesus. He learned that he needed to hold on to Jesus and not rely on his own strength. This is what I want you to learn today, to keep your eyes on Jesus and not drown. Even though it seems like Peter's faith was rocked and he had failed, he didn't give up. That makes a success story. As you walk through life, you will be afraid. You will stumble and you will fail. But how you choose to go through it is what counts. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this message. I thank you for those that are, are struggling today, that they want to give up, that they want to quit. They don't understand things, but God, you do. And as long as we don't give up, there's always a chance. You're always there. So help us today to get this in our hearts and in our head. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for this message. Just use me, and I just pray for that anointing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, your first option, which I don't like, is give up and drown. Have you ever been in a place where it seems like there's no way out? You just want to give up and go under. This is called fear. It can make you panic and give up. And there was a quote on Facebook a couple weeks ago that said, and I couldn't find the author's name, it says, fear has two meanings. One, forget everything and run. Or two, face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Have you ever been around someone who has given up on God because they don't think God answers their prayer? Or then there's others that feel God does not hear their prayers, so they walk away. The Lord is no longer real to them. That, that just breaks my heart. So many give up right before the Lord moves in their life. That's drowning. That's giving up and drowning. Sometimes you get put in situations that are frustrating and you can't understand why God isn't taking care of it. How many have been there? I'm sure you have. Have you been, ever been upset that God did not answer your prayer and found out later that you're really, really glad that he didn't answer your prayer? Well, I have an example here today. Um, this is from Joseph Prince's church, a couple that are holidaying, holidaying at the beach resort on Penang Island when a tsunami struck at about 12.30 on December 26, 2004. They said it was slightly past 11 a.m. when the wife suddenly had a craving for food from the mainland, and the, the couple decided to check out early so that they could reach the mainland in time for lunch. While loading their luggage into their car at the hotel driveway, a man impatiently motioned to them to hurry up and get moving. Annoyed by his impatience, they quickly loaded their stuff and drove off. The minute they reached the mainland, they heard that the tsunami had struck Penang Island at the same beach where they were just a while ago. While thanking God for their narrow escape, it suddenly dawned on them 
that the impatient man could have been an angel charged by God to hurry them along. You never know when God is working on your behalf, and that could be the reason your prayer is not answered. Sometimes your prayer might not be the best thing for you, or it might not be the right timing. God might have a better plan, and you know what? You just need to trust him. It's not easy to do. The Lord always has a plan for you, even if you don't see it or feel it. I can remember when Pastor Norm and I felt the call to missions. We were sitting in the service, and the missionary was there, and he said, anyone that has a call to missions, stand up. And I thought, I know I'm supposed to stand up. And I had my eyes closed. I thought, oh, Norm's not going to like this. And I stood up, and I opened my eyes, and Pastor Norman stood up too. (laughs) We looked at each other. We went down and prayed. I know the assistant pastor at that time. We went up to him, and he looked, not you two, because we were great volunteers. We did whatever we needed to do. So that began the journey. We knew we were called to missions. So we researched it out. We found out what we needed to do. We knew we needed to go to school, to be Bible school for three years, and then start the process. So we found the right school that we felt God was calling us to. Pastor Norm quit his job. We sold our house. We moved down to Springfield, Missouri. We knew no one there, but we knew God called us to missions. So we got settled in. Pastor Norm had signed in for school to go to Bible college, and we decided we would go to the Assemblies of God headquarters and let them know that we were on this path to become missionaries. So we walked into headquarters. We're so excited. It was all so new. So it was, I can't even explain the feeling. We just knew we were on the path that God wanted us to go on. So we sit down in this, at the headquarters in the missions office, and the, the secretary takes our information. We're called into this man's office, and he looks at us and he says, I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Oberlin. You don't qualify for missions. We're like, what? He goes, number one, you have too many kids, and even if you didn't, their ages are the wrong ages to enter the mission field by the time you'd get there. So the missions program is not for you. What do you do with that? You've just given up your whole life. You've moved to somewhere you don't know anybody, and you're just told the mission, the the thing you thought you were supposed to do, that God, you know God called you, has just been the door has been slammed shut. Wow. Was it disappointing? Yes. Did we feel like failures? Yes. But it only took us a ride down the elevator through that building and standing at the corner, Norm and I holding hands. I looked at Pastor Norm and I said, I don't know about you, but I know God called us to missions. So the first thing we've had on our list was we have to get through school. And I believe we should continue on this journey until God closes the door. So... We began school, and things just unfolded after that. That call to missions, I believe, was God getting us ready for what we really needed to do, because if he had said he had calling us to be pastors, we would have gone, no, uh 
I don't want to do that. He knew our hearts. He knew, and we believed, and we stood strong. We did not drown. We did not give up. Even though it was put in our face, we couldn't do what we went there to do. But we knew God's hand was on us, and we decided we would do the steps that we needed to do. And I can remember when we were in school, we'd be sitting in a group of our friends, and they'd be saying, oh, I'm going back to my home church to minister. Oh, I'm going here to minister. And Pastor Norm and I look at each other and go, we have no clue what we're going to (laughs) do. That's not fun. But we didn't. We relied on God, and God unfolded a plan of us getting in children's ministry and then moving to Lansing and doing children's, and then God brought us to Gaylord. Are we in missions? Absolutely. Is it the way we thought? No, but what if we'd given up? What if we hadn't reached out our hand and held on to Jesus? Don't let situations take you down. Reach out to Jesus. The second option is focus on the problem and get bitter. Oh, I hate this one. I guess I shouldn't say the word hate, should I? I very much dislike bitterness. When you keep looking at a problem in your life, then all you see is the problem. That's all you see. You have a choice in life on how you react. You might not be able to change what is happening to you or around you, but you get to choose how you react or respond to it. When Pastor Norm and I ministered at Lansing, Pastor Dave Williams was our pastor, and he'd always tell us when we were on staff, don't come to me with just a problem. When you come to me with a problem, you better have three solutions to fix it. So unless you are looking for solutions, then all you do is stew over the issue. When I first got saved, I heard a sermon from 2 Kings 7 focusing on some lepers during a time of famine in the land. The city, they were dying because they had no food. They had been, the, the enemies around them had, had everything closed off. And when I heard this sermon on the four leopards, it changed my life. I use it a lot. Sometimes it's my go-to of what I when I don't know what to do. So let me read it to you. It's 2 Kings 7, 3 through 8. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. And when they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled, 
in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached to the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. You see, these leopards had a choice. And they make it very clear. They could go back where they came from and they'd die. Just like you, you can walk away from God and go back to living in the world and die. The lepers could have stayed right where they were, but they still would have died. Just like you, you can stay in the place you are right now and die. But they realized they could go forward and probably die or maybe live. You can keep taking step forwards and see what God will do in your life. You might still die, but there's a chance you'll live. The message is keep going forward with God. You can't go backwards. You can't go back to your old life. And if you try to stay in the life you are right now, you're going to get stagnant. But if you step out in an area you really don't know what's going to happen, you might die, but you might live. That's that trust and faith in God. That's that reaching out for Jesus' hand. Now, that's not the end of it. In 2 Kings 7, 9, it shows the heart of the lepers. You see, I don't know if you know much about history, but in that time period, leopards were shunned. They couldn't be part of society. They couldn't even live in the city. They couldn't even be with their families. They were taken to a place that only leopards were in. And people walked by and they smeared them and they jaunted at them and they were mean to them most of the time. Others were so afraid of them, they didn't want to get near them. Can you imagine not ever being able to touch your spouse again? Not being able to touch your kids ever again? That's what the life of a leper was. I can imagine if you're sitting in that situation with the smell of death and the stink of disease, how bitter and angry you could get. But these lepers had a heart. And they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. You see, they realized that if they didn't go back and say something to the city, that people were going to die. The lepers decided to go back and tell the city what they had found. They could have just left and not said anything. They could have kept all the goods for themselves. And they had every right to be angry and bitter and believe they deserved what they received. But they had compassion on the same people that shunned them and that were not willing to take care of them. What an example for us today. They truly loved their enemies that day, just like we need to love others that aren't like us. Just because others treat you wrongly doesn't mean you should do that to others. When you put someone before your own comfort, that is doing the right thing. And along with this is being thankful. We talked 
Pastor Norm had a video on it. His scripture was on it. When you become angry and upset, take a step back, take a deep breath, and look at what's going on. When you begin to pray, think of things in your life to be thankful for and thank the Lord for the situation you're in. That's not easy to do. I guarantee you that it will help soften the anger and give you a different way to look at your problem. Jesus says to give thanks in all situations. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's reaching out and grabbing the hand of Jesus. I love what Joyce Myers says. You can choose to become bitter or better. What do you choose? Now the fourth or the third option is grab the Lord's hand and become stronger. I guess you can, I know you know what I'm thinking. This is the best choice, amen? Did anyone ever stop to think, going back to Matthew, how Peter got back to the boat? I mean, we all know the story of how Peter sank and Jesus picked him up. But we never think, of, how did they get back to the boat? Do you think Jesus just left them in the water on his own? Did he make them swim? Did he drag them by the arm through the water, gulping for air? Now, if that was us, we might do that. You failed, Peter. Come on, and you drag him through the water. No. What did he do? He took his hand, and Peter and Jesus walked back to the boat. There's the lesson. When you fall, keep your eyes on Jesus, get back up, brush yourself off, and start all over again. When you think of Peter, you tend to see Peter as a disciple that was making mistakes and charging ahead. Yet he also was a powerhouse for Christ. Peter was always pushing to the limit. He spoke his mind and you knew how he felt. He had a passion for what he believed and went forward without hesitation. And yet, I believe it got Peter in some awkward situations. I know there's quite a few of you out here that can relate to Peter. I'm one of them. I am strong-willed, sometimes loud, and impulsive. But like Peter, I have a heart to lead people to Jesus. And sometimes I make more mistakes because I don't think before I do. Peter took his life lessons and grew from them. By the time Jesus was crucified and rose from the grave, Peter had learned from life lessons to be a powerful leader. Now I have to admit, over the years I've softened. I've learned to hold my tongue in most situations. I am so glad there aren't everybody here today because I have a feeling I would be getting... <coughs> I have, in my lifetime, in my ministry, have tried to be quiet, and it's never worked. I can recall when I really knew I was supposed to be in ministry, watching my pastor's wife. She was so quiet, always, always being uplifting. 
how are you? What's going on with you? You know, she had that real soft voice. So I would try to do that. How are you? Is everything okay? And about the time I wanted to explode. That's not my personality. I'm loud. I tell you what I feel. I'm going to ask you how you're doing, but if I've got something that can help you, I'm sure going to tell you about it. So I learned a lesson that you need to be you and let God use you. Don't try to be someone else. And I really did learn I'll never be that quiet person. But that's me. Pastor Norm talked about Peter a few weeks ago in Acts 3 about the crippled man at the gate who Peter stopped and prayed for and healed. You know, he didn't have to do that, but he saw the need and prayed. On other occasions, they say that even his shadow healed people. I think this is so awesome. Acts 5, 15 says, As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Wow. I believe he was such a strong leaser because he learned from his mistakes and kept looking up to Jesus. It is easier to give up rather than fess up you made mistakes and learn from it and keep going. You know, people can sense when you're walking in love of Christ. You need to be praying and believing that God will use you to save the lost and heal the sick. You all have it in you to do it. Isn't that amazing? How many are out there want to be so close to Jesus that when you go to the store, you go to the doctors, wherever you're at, your shadow heals them. You don't have to say anything. Your shadow heals them. That's what I want. And the only way to do it is to fess up to your mistakes, ask Jesus to show you the right way, grab his hand and go for the ride. God will be there. So today, you see people that give up way too easy. You see people get angry and bitter. Those are choices they have made. You need to decide what you are going to do today. Are you going to give up and drown? Are you going to get angry and bitter? Or are you going to reach out for the hand of Jesus and keep going? By choosing Jesus, you begin a life that is full and complete. And when you begin to share and pray with those that are lost, you will begin a healing process that not is only for them, but yourself. Whenever you do something for someone, God blesses you. Norm and I believe that the Lord opens doors and he closes doors. Don't try to force doors open and don't try to close them. When you pray and there's an open door, keep going through it until God closes it for you. So when you're faced with choices, what will it be? You're going to give up and drown? 
you going to get angry and bitter? You're going to look up to Jesus and hold his hand and be a success. You know, maybe today you can see the need to reach out to Jesus and trust him for your situation. Or maybe you've never heard of this Jesus, you've never given your life to Jesus, and you want to begin. Well, today's your day. I'd like to pray for you. Just reach up and take Jesus' hands as you pray with me. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being Lord of my life. When I feel discouraged, when I feel like I can't go on, help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to not be afraid, angry, or bitter, but to reach up and keep my eyes on you through all situations. And today, I'd like to pray with those that maybe I want to give their hearts to Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ died for you and died for me. He went through such a process. He came into this earth, died on a cross, rose three days later, and they, he shed his blood to cover your sin, to make you clean, so someday you can have a place in heaven. But while you're walking on this earth and going through the situation, God wants you to grab his hand. So right now, just reach out and say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Thank you for being the Lord of my life and help me to put you first and keep my eyes on you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just we give it to you today. We thank you and praise you. I just again pray that someone out there who's struggling, who's drowning, hears this message and is able to put their trust in Christ. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you prayed with me today, I would love to know. And if you have any questions, you can email me at barb at and I will answer. So I hope you have an awesome day, an awesome week, and an awesome Thanksgiving. Thank you.